What's up, everybody? Welcome back to After Dragons, and this is the cooldown for New Comic Book Day, December 9th, 2020. My name is Rob, and today I'm going to go through some of the picks and pulls I got this week and a little bit of news for you guys while we um, dig in, while we wait to dig into the next week. Uh, first up for us today on the news, we've got uh, Daredevil 25, Second Prince, coming out here January 20th. So if you are like me and missed the boat on Daredevil 25 with Elektra appearing as Daredevil, definitely grab your second print there. Um, the writer's Chip Zdarsky, and the artist and cover artist is Marco Cicchetto. I'm not familiar with how that Daredevil series is running, so I may need to um, get up to speed there and see see what um, what our man in red is doing there behind bars. Uh, next up, we've got That Texas Blood, the trade paperback, Volume 1, written by Chris Condon. Um, and the artist and cover artist is Jacob Phillips. Uh, this is a title from Image that um, has been ongoing here with single issues. They got many reprints, and I did not jump on the single issues, but when I saw the trade coming out here January 13th, I did uh, jump on there to understand what's going on here with that Texas blood, as it's gotten a lot of reviews and conversation around it here online. Our third item is a little bit of a mystery, actually, with Solid Blood number 17. Um, some news came out about a title from Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley um, through Image called Solid Blood. Uh, they claim to have found issue 17 of this series with these characters that they had spoken about um, at some time, um, but aren't, aren't really clear why this is, is coming out. So uh, that's going to be really cool, right? It's a mystery story, uh, or it's a mystery behind that at least, but they're releasing issue 17 as kind of a surprise here with um, issues 1 through 16 to follow after that. So I don't know what's going to go on um, with that uh, with that story, but I do have uh, an issue pulled, so hopefully I can take a read and and see what's what's the deal with Solid Blood. That's kind of a cool release. Uh, from what I understand, Kirkman has done some other uh, kind of mystery releases or surprise releases like that in the past. And I, the last item on our news for the week is Marvel Comics taking their Alien IP to the extreme. Not only are they doing the Alien covers coming up in the in the uh, early winter here, January and February. Make sure you grab those if you'd like them, but they're also planning to launch an, a standalone title. Um, I don't know if it's ongoing or miniseries, but Alien Number 1, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Salvador La Roca. So that would be a very great um, title to check out when it's all said and done as Marvel has plans for Alien bringing it into the fold. They kind of teased a cover. Maybe it'll be the A cover. And it really does look slick with just the alien kind of 
coming out of the darkness there on the cover. And with that, let's uh, let's get into the cool down proper here and and dig through the stack and see see what was pulled and how how it went. I finished all the reading and uh, to start, I had a book from last week that I needed to catch up on. It was X Factor number five, um, a series that I can't really decide if I'm pulling or not, but I saw it in the continuity of the Dawn of X line and ended up pulling it here. Uh, to stay up to speed. Uh, I may be dropping this one and New Mutants to save some some room on the pull list for non-X books as the title is spinning out of control with eight or nine different ongoings. Uh, X-Factor was a little bit of a slice of life with the team kind of returning to Krakoa. Um, sans the intro with Wind Dancer in Mojo World kind of paying or... Um, agreeing to die on camera essentially for her audience so some some crazy stuff going on in mojo world because of the krakoan ability to revive mutants um they're just making money off entertainment you know mojo's ways uh so other than that it was kind of slice of life you know returning wind dancer to life um the five doing their thing again with the resurrection protocols back online at the end of the issue, though, we do find Siren um, kind of collapsed or fallen from a ledge, um, and which is interesting just because she does have the ability to fly. So I don't know how she fell or what what happened there, but it leaves off with a little bit of a mystery. Um, that is by Leah Williams. And um, again, I'm, I'm interested in the story and some of the characters in the lineups. But my pull list is getting full of X books right now, so that may be on the chopping block. Uh, let's get into this week proper. Um, first of all, we'll go through Rob's picks, the four books I picked here on the pregame. And starting with the first, it is Avengers number 39 from Jason Aaron. Uh, this Avengers book was pretty much as expected. It was the origin story of Cave Gene, um, but whatever this um, BCE, kind of 1 million BCE um, Phoenix lady's name is, uh, essentially Jean Grey is a cave lady, um, growing up as kind of this orphan raised by wolves and then brought into a kind of almost X-Men-like society uh, with the High Walker, um, during which she learned kind of her ability to speak telepathically, um, unfortunately at a very high cost, which led to her encountering and or awakening the phoenix um so the phoenix force itself uh this issue was a prologue to the arc coming up for the avengers enter the phoenix and it has a ridiculously cool cover by enyuk lee with two wolves kind of closing in on on cave jean as she crouches there with the phoenix sort of manifesting above her um casting a glow on avengers it's pretty neat i um I read the rest of Avengers to catch up on this title, and I will say the series has its its highs and its lows, um, with the lows being, in particular, the Ghost Rider challenge, the whole race there. I'm not a fan of those issues, but um, overall, I think the, the Moon Knight issues, kind of that arc really was extreme, but it brought a lot to the, to the table. And throughout the series, Aaron has been showing these glimpses of these BCE 1 million team. 
Um, I think that they've all been revealed now with the last one being Gene. Um, so I, I don't know if he's going to dive into that further now and this Enter the Phoenix arc may take place there or if it'll take place across many timelines as Aaron has been teasing some other timelines and kind of future events too. So he's doing some good storytelling in there and it has art by Dale Keown. Keown. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that one right, but really doing a great job uh, with a traditional title there, The Avengers. It was cool to read it all in one go. The 38 issues was a lot to catch up with. Um, thank you to the local library for that. Uh, next on the list, and my second pick of the week, was Bite Sized by Colin Bunn. And this is published by AWA Upshot. And this is a number one of four series. Uh, the art is by Nelson Blake II. And overall, the book was excellent. Uh, it had a very small soldiers kind of theme to it with a um, sort of Christmas tone and um, it's it's made to be a little more all ages so there's nothing too extreme but the storytelling is done very well and uh, uses the family's dog as like a good kind of um, story device there to move things along and also to draw attention to these AIO bots that have decided to hide out in the family's home um, one of the little girls there decides to uh, basically or, or finds the bot and accuses the dog of um, opening a present or something for Christmas and so she's like I'll wrap this up later and takes it back to her her room where we see the robot kind of scanning and taking in the whole area and it sort of rises up as the uh, the book ends so I think it's going to be a a really cool miniseries. Um, AWA has not disappointed yet, so uh, look out for Bite Sized, and I look forward to reading the second issue here in January. I think it might be the second or third week of January that that's coming out. So my third pick of the week was Vampirella Dark Powers, written by Dan Abnett with Paul Davidson on art. I pulled two covers of this with a Momoko cover showing Vampirella and the Lady in Red, and then also the Linzer cover, Linsner cover um, with Vampirella kind of floating in this space kind of um, backscape. Uh, so overall, this book was excellent. I would say I went into it with kind of neutral expectations. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm a big fan of Dan Abnett's writing and I've been enjoying Dynamite's books, but I have not read any Vampirella up until yesterday. Um, jumping into this, though, the story was extremely fast-paced. Vampirella was a very enjoyable character to get to know uh, just briefly here, and I think the tie-in with the super with the project superpowers is going to be um, very interesting to see come to fruition. There's a whole plural worlds thing going on here with with sort of this larger project superpowers um, organization that spans across multiple worlds so where traditional or previous volumes of project superpowers with dynamite have been based on the same earth this is kind of more um, like multiverse style with um, each earth's uh, metahuman um, being um, chosen or met or being given maybe no opportunity to join project superpowers and represent their earth 
Uh, so most of the characters are all of these golden age heroes that are actually pre-DC, kind of the bedrock of comics. Um, these are heroes that laid some archetypes for comics that are more popular here today and, and heroes that are, you know, we don't even know the creators of. Um, so I'm just getting to know those and I do have the the first volume from Alex Ross that I'm going to be reading to learn about the the characters a little bit more. Um, the this issue one was pretty sweet with Vampirella trying to mesh with the um, Project Superpowers team. Um, it, and to put things one way, it didn't go as expected. Um, her brutal efficiency was a little bit of a surprise to the team. And uh, um, and her, her tactics were kind of um, uh, quick and efficient, I think, and bloody as she dispatched a whole squad of enemies here in the beginning. Uh, we learn they're actually this kind of like, like bio-organic matter that can um, learn and kind of respond. So in killing them, they combine into this crazy monster. And, you know, the, the team is dealing with a dynamic of trying to work with Vampirella's sort of dour attitude about everything. Um, so she sort of quits the team and, you know, decides she's... But before she quits, she needs to go and kind of clean up this uh, this mess that she's made. Uh, so the issue wraps up with her, you know, diving into chaos to fight this big monster. Uh, there's kind of a funny scene with her costume where uh, she she's being told to kind of wear this more superhero style costume and ends up ends up shedding it to, uh, to fight better, right? Uh, all around excellent entry from dynamite and from dan abnett looking forward to pulling this series it's a mini series with five issues in the series i believe and i'll be pulling maybe two covers per issue as there's there are some great covers coming down the line here and dynamite is known for having a gazillion of them um along line along the lines with this is a red sonia superpower series that's coming out in january that abnet is also doing and it's going to tie in here with the project superpowers so um that will be very cool to see all come to fruition and uh, really see if red sonia and vampirella cross paths and um and really just how both of their their entries go into these into this more traditional superhero team uh, so let's go with the fourth pick of the week, and that is Sword. This is by Al Ewing, um, and the art is by um, Valerio Shitti. Um, and it was um, it was a decent first issue, I think, introducing the uh, a cast of X Men there. Um, Cable is sort of head of security and Magneto is on the force uh, or Magneto is sort of the, the council representative as if you've been following here in the X-Books during X of Swords, Cable's sword kind of reactivated this, um, this station, this sword directorate um, space station. Uh, so with that, Abigail Brand who used to lead up the Alpha Flight, um, has taken over Station Command um, and kind of put together a team who we learn are referred to as the Six. 
where we have the five who cover the resurrection protocols, the six cover these um, like kind of quantum leaps or like um, mega teleportation actions that sword is going to be capable of or or is capable of as we see in this book. Uh, so we've got sort of an oddball team scraping the barrels maybe, but we'll see how that um, really shakes out. Uh, we've got Peeper, who is an X-Men I'm not familiar with. I'm guessing someone from the Brotherhood, as Magneto seemed very familiar with him. Um, on, on the six, as well as Risk, Armor, Fabian Cortez, Manifold, and Wizkid. Uh, so they're all on the six, which creates this kind of mutant technology circuit that we learn about, which um, is kind of an evolution of the fastball special um, where uh, Colossus would throw Wolverine. Uh, so it's they. there's a little aside where they talk about how, you know, it started with just two mutants working together in this circuit of mutant technology to kind of use both of their powers to achieve something that they couldn't together and that the five was an evolution of that where they can now resurrect folks and that the six is this multiversal far retrieval circuit um and to to give you the lowdown of the six again i had to flip to the page here it's Wizkid who's the control and he's a high level technopath so he can um do the necessary adaptations to kind of create the mutant circuit between the six um, there's Fabian Cortez, who's an energy augmenter. He provides a boost required for circuit operation. Um, there's Armor from the New Mutants, and she is the shield, where Fabian Cortez is the power, and Wizkid is the control. So Armor generates a, a proactive exoskeleton, a protective exoskeleton that will uh, um, kind of extend to the full circuit and give everybody armor. Um, where the guide is this guy, Manifold, who's a quintician he kind of folds and navigates space-time i don't i'm not certain what's going on there and this next character is even more of a question uh peter quinn peeper is the eye and he's got broad spectrum telescopic microscopic spectroscopic vision so he can kind of see all these different ranges of uh, reality and guide the guide the six um, and then we have the foundry who is risk i think is how we say your name um, and she is uh, a field generator, uh, so she helps as well to um, kind of create, I think, create the circuitry. I'm not certain how she, how the foundry comes into this whole circuit, but it's all a little convoluted here. It requires five other telepaths to all sort of plug in and make it a reality, or five other, like, short to medium range teleporters um, but after explaining this all and introducing the team with, with a walkthrough of Magneto and some amazing space style art um, uh, it is it's really it, it is really nice to see the space and the um, just the change of landscape with the mutants kind of in space now even brand referring to her themselves them as spacers and kind of representing soul as a system rather than Krakoa as a nation or earth as a planet so that was cool, and the six then use their technology that we've learned all about now to go somewhere. Um, it's a very colorful, crazy, cosmic space-time place at like the core of things. Um, 
where it's just like hurts to see things, something about the truth rather, and they grab this kind of diamond pyramid deal and come back with it, where we're told it's going to be the next thing, and um, Magneto is very pleased with the team. Um, I'm not certain what it is that they retrieved. There was an ominous quote from Doom at the end of the issue about something about seizing some kind of power. Uh, so I don't know if this is something with a power cosmic or some kind of cube or or what's going on. It's a, a pyramid-shaped device that they've got. But, um, uh, you know, for, for a number one, I was a little bit disappointed with it as I think my X-Book capacity is running thin. Uh, but overall, the story will... I think it was set up very nicely. It was... Um, it set up the cast and portrayed kind of a new frontier for the X-Men, as well as some new problems they may have to deal with. I think there was even a shark war ongoing somewhere in the universe. Uh, and then they've got this new resource, so we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to reading the next issues. I don't know if this is even ongoing or um, like a temporary event, but uh, so far I'm on board, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, with that, that was our uh, picks of the week. I'll go through a few more here that I read that um, definitely enjoyed. There were some on my list I haven't read and that I won't be reading here for a moment. And first on that list is Captain Marvel number 24. I grabbed the A cover here with um, Emma Frost and Bridget, Thor's daughter, and Captain Marvel here all on the cover. Very cool. Uh, it's written by Kelly Thompson. I'm not up here. I'm not current to read issue 24 yet. I'm actually back on issue 7 still for Captain Marvel. So I'm, I need to catch up here. And I've not read Captain Marvel in the past, but I will say that her 1 through 6 um, was was pretty good. I enjoyed it. The kind of weird alternate uh, reality Manhattan with Nuclear Man and this kind of uh, ladies' army that Captain Marvel built up. Um, so we'll see what happens and how the timelines really get to where they are in these big issues, 22, 23, 24. Um, I'm not certain what else shakes out here and kind of what's in store for uh, for Captain Marvel. Um, similar to that, I, I picked up the A cover of Venom by Donny Cates. Uh, Tie-in to King in Black, but I am not up to speed with Venom, so I'm, I'm waiting here to go back and read. Uh, from issue one and catch up with these. I did read King in Black. Um, maybe I shouldn't have, but um, I'm holding out on all the Venoms here to to be caught up and um, up to speed in the storylines. This A cover is great. The art in the book is by Ivan Coelho. Um, I, all around, I'm, I'm expecting good things. King in Black was awesome, but I it's a little bit of a question mark because I don't know the Venom character too much and I don't I would say I don't really follow Spider-Man um in those in those stories a lot either preferring more X-Men based or even Avengers based kind of stories so a series end came out this week and we got Spider-Man number five um written by J.J. Abrams with uh his son I believe assisting um and art was by Sarah Picelli. There was a B cover for number five by Javier Rodriguez that has Fat Spider-Man from Marvel's X, 
whom I don't know the story of, but he's kind of staring down at a puddle where Spider-Man's reflecting there. Um, this book originally came out a very long time ago, and I have not read it. Uh, it. I have issues one through four. Number one was real weird. It starts off on a strange foot with some some switch-ups in the n- normal Spider-Man story, so I might actually enjoy it. Uh, but now that I have five, I can read the full set and um, see how it goes. So I look, I'm looking forward to reading that and talking about it here on the show as, um, I don't know, J.J. Abrams should have a few surprises for us around the corner, right? Um, the next on the list was a cover buy for an Inyuk Lee Mighty Morphin Number 2 from Boom. This is written by um, Ryan, Ryan Parrott, I believe. Uh, with interior art from Rena, um, the the cover is Inyuk Lee on this. Yeah, Ryan Parrot and interior art by Marco Rena. Um, Inyuk is also doing a I think number six of the series, so I'm gonna look out for that and plan to grab that cover. I I didn't read Mighty Morphin number one, so I'm not gonna crack this one to read Mighty Morphin two, uh, but I may dig into one and two here down the road or when I catch up in Captain Marvel and Venom and Spider-Man. Uh, so that's always the, always interesting having those backlogs. Uh, next book that I pulled on the list and and did read is Juggernaut number four. Uh, this is by Fabian Nietzsche um, and the art is by Ron Gurney. Uh, the art is fantastic and the story is really classic. Um, full action, quick paced with Juggernaut and D-Cell striking out against, um, uh, uh, his name is Dr. Zola, right? He's a, some this Nazi doctor who's kind of come back as this program robot and um, basically attacking the lab that they're in to figure out what's going on or get, get to the bottom of things a little bit further. And Juggernaut's kind of struggling with being free from the, the bounds of Sidorak or freer than he was before uh, and kind of coming to realization that he, that he, you know, he can make those decisions. Uh, so it's, it's been a cool book and Juggernaut is a character that I definitely enjoy. So there's some great panels from Ron Gurney and, um, and art here. Introducing D-Cell has been pretty cool. I think the combo of having something to bounce Juggernaut off of has been working well for the story. Uh, so number five comes out for that. I don't know if it's a, if it's a five issue or a six, I think it's ending in ending with five. Um, and that a cover looks pretty cool with juggernaut bursting through a wall. Next on my list was a, another X book. We've got Marauders number 16, and this is written by Jerry Dugan and it has art by Stefano Caselli. Um, I believe the cover artist was Matt Wilson on this A cover, and it has um, has Emma Frost and Kate kind of standing over um, the Black King, Sebastian Shaw. So if you have been reading Marauders, you know that um, Sebastian kind of came for Kate and took her out of the picture, as well as Lockheed, very early on, actually, right when she became captain, sort of. And uh, they finally decide, you know, with the Exoswords stuff behind them, it's time to revisit this and make Sebastian pay. And boy, do they. They ruin his good whiskey. They wreck his face. Lockheed takes an eye and they poison him. 
and take him in front of the council, basically threatening to imprison him forever within Krikoa alongside Sabretooth, which is pretty messed up if you still think about Sabretooth being stuck there. He's been there for a long time, man, just kind of in in stasis. So this revenge story was a long time coming, but man, did they draw it out and um, and make it real. So we'll see what Emma and Kate have planned, but they keep Sebastian Shaw in the picture for now, obviously having um, larger things in the works. I, I really like the the kind of vibes with Kate learning from Emma, but also, you know, striking out on her own and doing some things a little bit um her way right it's been a cool read and the marauders is one of the top books alongside hellions and cable right now on the x side so next on the list and if we stay with the marvel side of things we'll go with conan number 17 um, and i grabbed the variant cover by em gist as it was a nullified variant and i will say conan nullified is pretty sweet um, he's kind of wielding the necro black, um, the all all black necro sword, I should say, and uh, looking all nulled out with kind of sharp filed teeth and spiky armor. So it's a cool cover for sure. And it was the first issue in a new arc of Conan. Um, I've been reading here since issue one, and we're on seventeen so far. Uh, it has been very enjoyable, and I really like the high, kind of Hyborian age of things. Um, Jim Zub is the writer, and the artist is Robert Gill, and um, he's he's basically stolen this sword that um, is called the Night Star. Not stolen, but um, uh, you know, politely removed after killing the uh the head of this cult and like forsaking their god uh so you know he's doing conan things and he's got this wild sort of glowing orange sword and um we as we learn through the book it's kind of possessing him almost or slowly consuming his like kind of his perception of reality and he finds himself you know murdering some people on accident uh you know minor issues when you're conan and he kind of starts to see this warped perspective um, and go goes a little mad. So it was definitely a very cool book um, to read. And I'm looking forward to see where that art goes and, and just how this story of Conan continues. I'm on board for sure. He's been a cool hero to follow. And um, um, one of my favorites here to see, especially in Savage Avengers and some of the uh, more traditional Marvel titles when they pull him in there. It's pretty cool. So I'll be looking forward to number 18 of that Conan coming out uh, January 27th and 19's already solicited out further too. So it's going to be ongoing for a while, I think. And the last Marvel book on the list, but definitely not the least as this was one of my favorite reads of the week was uh, Warhammer 40K Marnius Calgar number three. Written by Kyrian Gillian with art by Jason Burroughs. Uh, this continues to follow the story of Marnius Caligar sort of returning back home um, to the Caligar estates to set up some defenses for this his home planet is actually being invaded. Um, and he's sort of telling the story of his life or this origin story as the war continues. And we learn that, um, you know, Caligar was... Uh, actually a name that was taken from a, a a friend a close friend that had died 
with him in his kind of apprenticeship to become a space marine. Um, so it's a pretty cool story and um, just a classic one too when it comes to 40k style stories and bringing the grim dark future of Warhammer um, to the comic book world. Um, they're doing a great job with it and I'm looking forward to um, the last two issues of this five issue series wrapping up. The, the spreads of the Space Marines kind of in full gear after reading the story of the you know, the aspirants and the ones in training make them seem so striking. It's very cool. And it reminds me a lot of uh, a space wolf by William King and um, the other 40 K novels of the black library uh, series, uh, just like Dan Abnett's Gaunt's ghosts and the other, the other great things. I think Warhammer has a lot of potential in crossing over with Marvel. And I hope that there, there is more um, in the future there. The last book I've got on the list this week and that I've read was The Crossover or Crossover Number 2 by Donnie Cates. Um, this book is literally heating up on the cover and I think it is heating up as well. As we got some cameos of Spawn, um, the protagonists are trying to figure out what to do with this sort of young superhero girl they found named Ava. We learn that Ava may not be exactly safe. Um, we, uh, we see that there are some superheroes now that have all been sort of locked up in this facility uh, that are outside of the dome um, and they've been kind of depowered by these lights. Uh, so I don't, I'm not certain what's going to happen there but Ellie, the main protagonist, is building up um, some steam to kind of strike out and maybe even go to the dome. Um, we'll see really what they do. This title is um, is really picking up, and I think that number three with Spawn on the cover is going to be um, an excellent addition uh, for any collection or for Spawn collectors or indie readers here. I'm looking forward to that and to continuing the series, where I would say number one didn't grab me as much. Completing number two and seeing the number three B cover, I'm I'm here. I'll be here for the read, and let's let's see how it shakes out in the first several issues there. Um, oh, and I actually for, almost forgot. There's a uh, one more on the list coming from IDW. The long-awaited, the last Ronin number one, the second print. Um, joining the cool kids and getting this into my collection here, as I missed the first round, I did not know it was kind of a supersized book. Um, a little bit weird to read and photograph and store, so I'm not too pleased about that, but overall the story was awesome. Um, it was kind of far future with a mystery sort of around who this last turtle is. He's carrying all the weapons and um, kicking some ass. Uh, Shredder's grandson, I think, is the main antagonist at this point. Um, we learn even at the end that April's alive and that it is not one of the turtles. So I probably, maybe I won't reveal it yet and let, let you guys all read it here, but we know it's narrowed down to three. Um, I have one that I'd like it to be, but I have um, maybe some others that it most likely is based on past kind of storylines and things. But we'll see. They keep it kind of vague, and um, this last Ronin turtle is pretty cool. He's got his black mask and um, uh, kind of kicking ass and you know tries to actually uh, finish him 
uh, kind of take his own life, even giving up on things after failing. But that's where April comes in and saves the day as normal. So uh, we'll see how the last Ronin shakes out. I know that it's been pushed back uh, multiple times. Um, number two, that is. I think it right now it's slated for January 27th with number three coming out March 3rd. So there's some, I mean, big gaps with this story rolling out. So you definitely have time to find your copy and and get it on the list. Um, those are my pulls this week and my reading for the cool down. I hope that you guys all managed to find the keys that you were after and uh, have some time to sit down with your books. Um, I have a few here of additional pickups that I'm planning to read and get reviewed on a future episode. Uh, in particular, the Scout Comics box came for November and was full of gems. Um, I read a few of them already and ended up even picking up uh, a number one from Scout called It Eats What It Feeds, as well as a few others on their Black Friday sale. I pulled uh, an it, two issues of recount number one on uh, the a cover and two issues of phantom star killer the first printing so that's very cool to add those to the collection and having um in the queue to read as well um i also picked up stillwater number one the second printing as i've been hearing a ton about stillwater and chip zadarsky's work there so we'll see um what it all becomes and um, kind of what shakes out in the reading. Uh, until then, happy reading, find your keys, and uh, you know, maintain your collections. You can find me on Twitter at AfterDragons underscore, and we are online AfterDragons.com. Thank you, and good night.